Shigori Vaishnav Guru Parampara Ki Jai Shri Balde Punim Mahamotava Titi Ki Jai Gaur Bhakta Vrinda Ki Jai So good morning everyone We're gathered on the morning of Shri Balde Punim Shri Balaram Chandra Ki Jai I've uh, opened to the pages of Srimad Bhagavatam, chapter 65 of the 10th canto, where in the return of Balaram to Vrindavan is described. I'll cite the first verse. Shisukovacha, Sukadeva Goswami, said, Balabhadra Kurusheshta. Here, Balabhadra is another name for. Balram. Badra means auspicious, so, and Bala means strength, so who has auspicious or spiritual strength. Although he's depicted as a strong fellow in general, the context of the Leela makes an appearance of a physical type of strength. And Sri uh, Sri Krishna Gornitananda Ki Jai. And as the supporter of the worlds in this form of Seish and the holder of Vishnu, he appears strong in that way as well, which fosters more of a physical sense of strength, but but spiritual strength ultimately and um, is what we can derive from taking shelter of him. And this is certainly how to understand the word here, Balabhadra, whose strength is very auspicious and... Um, who gives great, thereby, spiritual support. We need strength in our spiritual pursuit as the reservoir of Guru Tattvas is sometimes described. He serves, in a sense, as, as the ground, the foundation on which our spiritual life is built. So in many ways, in many respects. This is a very appropriate name for Balaram. Balaram Ram means also pleasure, who takes pleasure in exhibiting strength, in giving strength to the devotees. So Balabhadra Kuru Shastra, and he's described here as Kuru Shastra, the best of the Kurus. Bhagavan Ratam Astita. He mounted his uh, chariot, he has a chariot with a flag on which is the palm tree as his symbol. Sudridrikshur Utkanta Prayayonandagokulam. And why did he do that? Because he was desiring with great eagerness Utkantita. Utkanta. With great eagerness to to see the inhabitants of Vrindavan. And so 
off he went. Hmm. This introduces the chapter. And, um, of course, where is he going to Gokul from? From Dwarka. So this is later in the Bhagavatam, the 65th chapter of the 10th Canto, and Krishna's and Ram's uh, Dwarka pastimes are being described. As we can see, they they are not separate from the Vrindavan pastimes. They're always in connection to it. We look at the pastimes of Krishna outside of Vrindavan and Mathura and Vrindavan, or excuse me, in Mathura and Dwarka, as afterthoughts, so to speak, to the Vrindavan Leela, and which reflect back on it and its its uh, virtues, its glory, and so forth. And this is a good example here, Balaram's desire to return to Vrindavan and meet with the inhabitants there, although he is in the presence of Krishna. So this says something to us about the glory of Gokul, Vrindavan, that despite being with Krishna, who is his dear most friend and object of love, Balaram is nonetheless eager to, in Dwarka, he's nonetheless eager to go to Gokul and meet with the inhabitants there, whose love is showcased in the Bhagavatam, and particularly so in their separation from Krishna and Balaram, which uh, never causes, despite its being considerable uh, over a long duration of time, uh, it never causes them to, to give up hope or to turn their affections elsewhere. Hmm? Um, and so their love in separation is uh, sends a very powerful message to us. And as I have said before, because love of God and God are one and the same, or excuse me, I should say one and different, love of Krishna means the uh, ashraya lambana, the, the, the vessel of love, and Krishna is the vishaya lambana, the object of love. So you need both to have love. Uh, so they're integrated components of love. So wherever there is love of Krishna, Krishna must be present there, even in his apparent absence. And such is the case in love, in separation, which it is said in common English parlance makes the heart grow fonder. Hmm? And so, as I've pointed out before, although Krishna is physically present in Dwarka, hmm, He's more present in his apparent absence in Vrindavan hmm, than he is in his uh, obvious and overt presence in Dwarka. Hmm. And we know that, as I say, by the nature of the love of the inhabitants of Vrindavan. Not that the inhabitants of Dwarka don't have love for Krishna. Indeed, they do. And that's part of the reason why Balaram is going to Vrindavan and Krishna is not. Hmm? The inhabitants of Dwarka were very concerned that if Krishna should go, that he would never never come back. Hmm? And so the elders, with this concern, 
when the case was presented by Balaram, who really knows Gokul. He's uh, uh, Rohini Nandan. He's uh, the, the joy of Rohini. He's born in, in Gokul. He's a Brajbasi. Um, and because he knows Gokul, he knows the nature. He's, he's actually, he has a Chatriya uh, connection through Vasudev. But he's uh, born of Rohini, raised in, in Gokul, and like Krishna, more in all for all uh, intents and purposes, practically speaking, the son of Nanda and Ishoda than he is the son of Vasudev and Rohini even. Hmm? On, on a scale in Vrindavan of examples of Vatsalya Rasa, parental love, we go from Rohini, Nanda, and Yashoda. Yashoda hmm. is the pinnacle of, the, of that love. <clears throat> and so, um, Balaram is a, he understands that the feelings of the Brajabhasis. Previously, as you may recall, this necessity of the inhabitants of Vrindavan surfaced as well. It repeatedly surfaces. And it's an ongoing affair in the life of Krishna in Dwarka and Mathura, what to do about it. While he's going about everything else, this undercurrent is there. That he only left, he and, and, and Ram only left for a few days for the sake of his his parents there, Vasudeva and Devaki were imprisoned to deal with Kamsa, whose henchmen had been harassing Vrindavan for quite some time. Hmm? And so let's get rid of this guy once and for all and live happily ever after was the idea. And with this in mind, I mean, it was he had a pretty good case to make to Nanda Maharaj, the king of the cowherds, that Vasudeva and Devaki, and Vasudeva is the half-brother of Nanda Maharaj, uh, he's uh, imprisoned with a ball and chain, and um, and this, uh, uh, as we know, Kamsa has been sending one demon after another to Vrindavan and harassing us and so on and so forth, and by providence, Somehow they were they were dealt with, hmm. um, but I should go. And not only that, of course, there was an invitation from Kamsa, who had tried everything that he could to kill Krishna in Vrindavan, and he was unsuccessful. So now he invites him to Vrindavan to um, participate in a wrestling match because the prowess of the two boys. Krishna and Balaram has uh, uh, news of that has rippled throughout the Mathura Mandal, and so 
let us come from the village. Let's bring a couple of boys from the village, the strongest boys in the village, and uh, let's put them in a wrestling match with the city wrestlers. Hmm? Worldwide Dura Mundle wrestling <laughs> event. Uh, and, of course, it was a preposterous proposal. Um, these were professional wrestlers and full-grown men, Chanura and Mustika, in, in Matura. And Krishna and Balaram were only young boys, 10, 11, about 11 years old. Hmm. Um, and yes, they were sportive and so forth. And they were reported, news was, to have dealt with various obstacles and, and, uh, and killed the people, the, the, the henchmen, as I say, that, that, that Kamsa had sent. But it, it wasn't really witnessed by anyone except some young boys who told stories about it, for the most part. Um, so at any rate, he was invited, number one. And number two, of course, the plight, as I say, of Vasudeva and Devaki, when told Ananda Maharaj, who knew about it, but when pressed by their son, um, that something has to be done about it. He was, uh, he had good cause, good reason. Hmm? And not only go and, t- and deal with the situation and, and come back. Hmm? And so that was the idea. Of course, he went, he dealt with the situation. And Kamsa was his uncle. He frightened him to death. Vasudeva and Devaku were released. And... Nandamara is ready to take them back, but then Vasudeva and Devaki reasoned that, look, they're here now. They're, you know, they're of age. They should go to school. They should go to Gurukul, get an education, and so forth. And so, kind of with, he was kind of comparatively a city slicker compared to the country, country bumpkin of Nandamara, so he could kind of pull the wool over his eyes, so to speak, with various. Uh, um, uh, well-reasoned arguments about how their boy should have the opportunity to have a cultured life at the Gurukul, learn the arts, and 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 so on and so forth. And and the result was empty-handed. He returned to Vrindavan, Nanda Maharaj, without the two of the, them, and the despair. Hmm. But they didn't blame Nanda Maharaj because they could see his the measure of his despair, also. Hmm. So they were in it. Um, uh, together, and although he could have come back perhaps after his education, the fact is that the um, brother-in-law of Kamsa hmm, was now upset with him, Jarasandha, and he was preparing to make war on Mathura and had Krishna and Balaram returned to Vrindavan, the reasoning was with all of his armies, he would have he would have come into the village, which was hardly prepared for such a military um, encounter, and therefore Krishna had to take care of Jarasandha. And so the story goes. And in the context of that, he's establishing dharma and, and doing things that uh, don't, in the full measure of the term, hmm, um, do justice to the word Leela. 
He has the mature Leela, the Dwarka Leela. It is a Leela. Hmm? But the full measure of the term implies a kind of playfulness that has no other uh, concerns and refers more comprehensively to the Vrindavan Leela, where establishing Dharma and other concerns are not part of his his thinking. Hmm? Only the um, sharing, exchanging love with the inhabitants there. As I say, in Dwarka and Mathura, he's establishing Dharma. We know that in the Kurukshetra, he speaks about Bhagavad Gita and so on and so forth. I guess he got a pretty good education, as it turns out. Um, so, one thing led to another, to another, and that's the way of the city life. People always say, yes, I want to come to, to Madhavan. Yes, I want to come to Audarya. Yes, I want to come to Saragrahi. I'll be there. And then so many things get in the way. Hmm? The city is full of the glare of uh, prospect, hmm? of important things to do that need to be tended to, and so forth and often at the cost of that which is most important. As it's said, of course, gain the world at the cost of your soul, and you've lost everything and gained nothing. But the industrial complex, uh, not that the, 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 the rural scene doesn't do that, but the, the industrial world, um, civilization, seems to have more of a power, of a glare, and a prospect um, of fulfilling our, uh, of, of, of um, fulfilling us in life. There's more going on. It's going on at a faster rate. It seems like it could happen at any moment. And, uh, and there's many more things available. Unfortunately, it alienates us to a large extent from the natural world itself, the simplicity of it and the beauty of it, that although attractive and distracting... At the same time, if studied carefully and, and uh, with a peaceful mind reflected upon, lends itself more readily to a promoting of, of the idea that there is a viewer hmm, and it's you. Nature has a soul and it's us, so to speak, and that should be cultured and so forth. So, so for Krishna, it seems the same. The city, one thing leads to another. And there's war and politics and intrigue and so on and so forth on a, on a huge level. He becomes a prince and has so many responsibilities and so on. But this, again, this undercurrent remains there throughout. It never goes away. It's always bubbling, just a... Just about to, to come to the surface and overtake him, and at times it does. And he has to deal with the situation. What about the inhabitants of Vrindavan? I said I'd be back. I will be back. One thing is distracting me after another. And so Uddhava was sent hmm? earlier, as I'm mentioning, as you may recall, hmm? from Mathura, before he even went to Dwarka, to send a message. I'm, I'm coming back. Hmm? Just a few more days, I'll deal with Jarasandha and so forth. And in the context of the message in general, then there was a note directed particularly to the gopis. 
and in, in, in relative to Uddhava's disposition, as a Shastravit, he knew all, he's not like Balaram. A, uh, Balaram being a, a, a cowherd and uh, an agriculturalist. He carries as his uh, symbol that tells us something about him, the plow, Haldar, hmm? the bearer of the plow. The plow is for tilling the fields, agricultural work. Hmm? The buffalo horn, hmm? the flute, and so on. Um, and so that life tends not to be one of... Uh, uh, again, had they not gone, the two of them, to, to, the, to Matura and been, uh, uh, and their education been pushed by Vasudeva and Devaki, they would have just remained as village boys. Hmm? Um, uh, Uddhava, on the other hand, uh, he was ca- characteristically the, the advisor of Krishna became in Mathura and Dwarka. He knew the Shastras very well. Hmm. Um, and so when he went to send a message, Krishna had to tailor the message not only to the inhabitants, but to the bearer of the message also, so that it would, coming from his mouth, it would fit. Hmm. And how could, he, how could he speak otherwise? This was his, his kind of sensibilities. Hmm? wise, sober, hmm? citing the scriptures. He would cite the scriptures for Krishna to give advice. When you get emotional, and well, I know you feel that way, but the scripture says like this, we should proceed like this. It takes us away from our emotional life, the the knowledge. Hmm? Um, Knowledge, the corollary of knowledge is detachment. Attachment is then our, materially speaking, our emotional life and so forth. So, so Uddhava, this is his disposition. So the message he gives was one of, uh, ostensibly, of Gyan. Hmm? Krishna's going to come back, but you shouldn't lament anyway. What can be done? This is, um, it's beyond our control. Hmm? Um, it's in the hands of of God, hmm? and uh, we should try to see our misfortunes, try to find some silver lining in that, and this kind of advice and so forth he, he gave. Um, of course, the, the gopis c- couldn't even, they couldn't even like, like, well, it was almost like a foreign language to them. What's he talking about? Hmm? Philosophy. It's not that they didn't, if we look carefully, it's not that they didn't know the philosophy. Obviously, the whole of Vrindavan, the ground of Vrindavan, the land, the, the terrain, the grains of sand, hmm, are, are our gurus in the language of Pujapatridhar Marsh. Land of gurus, everything there. The land itself is our guru. It's full of enlightenment, knowledge, and so forth. So the ground of that philosophy, the knowledge that has power, hmm, um, underlies the whole Vrindavan Leela. Pujapachita Maharaj used to give the example of the military-industrial complex of the United States 
and how it was the most powerful in the world, but at the same time, you didn't see the power exhibited. We don't have Fourth of July and they parade tanks and nuclear missiles through the streets like they used to do in Russia. Hmm? But it's all there. And it's kept at the same time in the background, hidden in caves in Colorado and other places and uh, in these military bases, off limits, and so forth. And meanwhile, the peaceful uh, social intercourse of the country goes on, hmm? which might be inhibited if at every um, point of entry there were machine gun guards and uh, and if the tanks and missiles and so forth were more uh, prominent and visible and, and, and so forth. So, no, they're hidden out of the way. And then uh, the social intercourse can, can go on peacefully, happily. However, if the nation should be attacked, attacked, then they all come out. And we didn't know they were there. We know they're there, but we don't think about it. Something like that. And if there's uh, uh, an attack, then they come out in, in force. So the knowledge, the power of knowledge in Vrindavan is there, but it's all sub- subdued by the power of love, hmm? subordinated to the power of love. It lies underneath. And how do we know that? How do we know that Vrindavan is, is, is the end of all spiritual knowledge? That it's, it's as Uddhava said, when he went there and experienced it, trying to speak to the people and seeing their attachment for Krishna, who is Providence himself, and how they were thinking about God, because he knows Krishna is God. He also knows he's my friend, and but but he's God. Hmm? It's a factor in his in his bhava, hmm? in his rasa. Hmm? It's not a factor in the same way in the inhabitants of Vrindavan. So seeing their love for Krishna, he was bewildered by it. He had never seen anything like this. He understood, Krishna sent me to deliver a message, but at the same time, to receive a message. And so he said, he said, oh, he said, uh, who's to take, who, what is it? Uh, hmm. He prayed that he could become a, like, uh, like take birth as a blade of grass in Vrindavan that the gopis might step on him. Hmm. That would be good for him. And he wanted the intensity of their love in the context of his own Dasibhav. that has some admixture of, 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 of Sakya, of friendship as well. And he kind of walked around and uttered these verses, um, what I'm citing, he says, basically this Vrindavan is off the scriptural map. It's beyond the Shruti. It's in in a, in, a, in, a, in a realm of, it, of of its own, like Rupa Goswami in his Namastikam says about Nam, Krishna, which is non different from 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 the named from Krishna himself. That all the Upanishads, the Shruti, the aphorisms like Tattvamasi, Ambramasmi, Neti Neti, hmm, these are all like jewels that 
emanate, uh, the, from which light emanates. Hmm? But the light of these jewels, of the sayings of the Upanishads, where is their light going? They're all seeking to shed light on this one sound, two syllables, Krishna. Hmm? Mahaprabhu said it in another way. And Jiva Goswami cites him in Bhakti Sandarbha. It's the only way we, only reference we have. He says, and Bhagavan Mahaprabhu has spoken this verse. We don't have any other reference to it. He says, Shrotram api upanishadam nure harikatamrita. That the uh, aphorisms of the Shruti, they're far away from where you can arrive where you will land hmm, by the utterance of Harikatha, hmm, talking about Krishna Leela, hmm, Hari Leela. Hmm. The heart-stealing, Hari means stealer, I mean, the heart-stealing Leelas of Vrindavan. This is Hari Leela. Hmm. This will come Pashu Pulakare, this will bring all these transformations of of ecstasy um, that the sounds of the Upanishads into themselves will not. So it's a very extraordinary place. But Uddhava, sent as the messenger, really was getting an education himself. And by that education, he was, and Bhagavatam is, educating us, as I say, as to the virtues, the glories of Gokul, Vrindavan and the nature of the love there. Hmm? So this is an example of how in the material Leela, if understood properly, is reflecting back on the virtues, the glory of the Vrindavan Leela. Bhagavatam is trying to directly and indirectly to, to focus us in, in, in that, uh, with, with this aim in mind. Hmm? And you see how Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and his followers, Rupsanath and Jiva Goswami, how they've done this through their commentaries and brought this all out. Hmm? And uh, it's their spiritual reasoning as inhabitants of Vrindavan. How do we know that Vrindavan is the end of all spiritual knowledge? Hmm? It, it's beyond the Shruti. Hmm? Uh, that how do we, when the gopis come here, when the coward boys come here, we look at Rupsanathan, they are young uh, handmaidens of Radha. Hmm? They have no education. But when they come to the material world, hmm, where there's a need for knowledge, where there's a threat of non-existence, due to the ignorance of attachment, hmm? then these girls, nana, shastri, charanaika, nipunosa, dharma, samstapako, lokana, mitakarana, tibhuvane, manyo, shalanyakaro, vande rupa, sanatana, raguyago, shi, jiva, go, palago. They exhibited such a measure of scriptural knowledge. Hmm? And from that, drawing from all the texts that are common to all the schools of Vedanta, the Upanishads, the Gita, Puranas, and so forth. They crafted uh, what we refer to as the Bhakti Shastras, 
and uh, became the architects of the uh, Gaudiya Sampradaya, our, our lineage. So, point is what? These little girls got a lot of knowledge there, but the knowledge is hidden in Vrindavan. It's not brought out because there's no need for it. Indeed, there's a need for it not to be in public view, that Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Uh, it's a beautiful in Gopal Champu, Jiva Goswami's masterpiece, final work. Hmm? Um, when Snigdakanta and Madhukanta, who were the Yamalarjun trees that were previously sons of Kuvera and cursed by Narada to take birth as trees, but trees in Vrindavan in the courtyard of Nanda Maharaj where they could tower up and witness so many pastimes. Hmm. Um, they, of course, the trees were pulled over in the Damodar Leela hmm, by Krishna, who mm-hmm. had, had the, been tied to the mortar and he wedged it between the two trees. And although his, his hands were tied behind his back to the mortar only by the ribbon of Yashodamai's hair, which wouldn't be very strong compared to some strong rope. Hmm. She tried with the ribbon to catch him, but she couldn't. She was unsuccessful pulling the ribbon from her hair. So she added rope and more rope, and the ladies who had been complaining that Krishna was stealing butter and milk from their houses, and Melisoda was in denial about it and offered up so many excuses that it couldn't have been her son's fault. Well, why don't you put it high? Why don't you hoist it up if you think he's a problem? We do that. Hmm? But he, he, he nonetheless climbs up. Why don't you put it climbs up? Why don't you put it in a dark place? We do that, but he's effulgent. And you can see in the dark. So she was in denial. But then now and now she's realizing his mischievousness herself and trying to tie him up. They're all leaning over the, 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 the walls of the compound and taking great delight in his mischievousness and seeing Mother Yasoda experiencing it. And they're throwing rope over Hmm? to add to the ribbon. As she keeps adding the rope, and it remains two inches too short. And then, of course, he acquiesces and allows himself to be captured and tied by the original ribbon itself, which wouldn't be strong, but so strong that he could pull the mortar and wedge it between two huge trees and pull those Yamalarjun trees down without the ribbon being broken, hmm? which represents the... the, the, the the strength of Mother Yashoda's affection. Hmm. And hmm, these figures came out, Krishna blessed them and so forth. Hmm. And then they took birth in the Brajlila as two uh, minstrels, bards, who had the, had the special power of omniscience, knowing they would, bards would go and, and, and they would sing a... Uh, compose songs and sing them about people's lives. Hmm? But they would know the people's lives without being told was their reputation. So when they came came to Vrindavan, hmm, of course, no one knew that they were previously the Yamalarjun trees. Dandamara said, oh, you know, you, you, you have some, we have some relation with your family and you're here. you tell us, we hear you have these special powers, tell us your story, our story. 
put our story into poetry and song and so forth. And so a big assembly is formed. This is in the unmanifest Leela. And there, uh, Snigdakanta and Madhukanta. Snigdakanta means like affectionate voice. And Madhukanta means like honey throat. So it means that they spoke the sweet Hadi Leela to the inhabitants of Vrindavan. They spoke the Prakat Leela, hmm? the manifest Leela, told them their own story, which, of course, they knew their own story, but to hear someone telling their own story and, and, and to the extent that they could, they could, the story was told in such a way that the inhabitants of Vrindavan could understand that these bards knew their, their feelings, their hearts, and so forth. It was very compelling. So day after day they're meeting in an assembly and the story goes on and telling the Leelas. Hmm. Uh, this is the, the context of Jiva Goswami's work, Gopal Champu. And what did we want to go there? What is uh, the final work of Jiva Goswami? What point does he make? We, hmm? A verse? Oh. oh, I can't recall. Uh, um. Anyway, uh, it's, a, it's a good book. <laughs> Beautiful uh, discussion of re. re, re, re Explanation of the, uh, the, the, the the feelings of the inhabitants of Madhavan, their love for Krishna. So, uh, maybe I'll remember that point and connect it why, why I cited uh, Jiva Goswami. But we were talking about the, the the nature of Vrindavan's the measure of the love there. Hmm? Uddhava was sent. Uddhava tried to console them. Uddhava was um, himself educated and um, he was chosen to go to Vrindavan not only to give a message because he knew Krishna but because he was Shastravit and knowing all the Shastra he went there and realized and through him we are taught that Vrindavan is beyond even the scriptures. Hmm. Um, um, that love, prem, is the end of knowledge, the full face of knowledge, even it as, it, as it appears uh, on its face to be ignorant hmm, of uh, the scriptures. There, its manifestation, the knowledge of the godhood of Krishna would be a burden. Hmm. I can't remember that point. <laughs> um, so, so we're taught by the Goswamis hmm, um, their commentaries on Bhagavatam, their own uh, um, compositions, their own, their own texts, and so forth, in a way that um, that um, is not found in any other sampradaya. So, what are the virtues? What are the glories of Gokul? Vrindavan. Hmm? And this is the, trying to, to focus us, so to speak, that we make this uh, 
as our landing point, our destination, our goal, prem, prayojan. Hmm? Um, so, Uddhava, he was sent there, but he's not a Brajbasi. Hmm? He couldn't really speak their language. As I said, the gopis heard him and they thought, well, what is, what's this guy talking about? And then they interpreted it in their own way, of course. And interpreting it in their own way, they found hidden meanings hmm, in the message of Krishna sent through Uddhava hmm, that transcended the understanding that Uddhava had of the message that he was bringing. This just blew his mind. Hmm? He could see that the the, the measure of the knowledge of love and how it works um, (laughs) in in interpreting the the verses and so forth with bhava, hmm? turning them into something else, something more, something pleasing and charming. hmm? So ultimately, the power of their love found in Krishna's message, his love for them, out of which... Uddhava could only dry, draw some dry, basic, basic knowledge that that, that just has, that just has no nobody has an ear for that. In Vrindavan, they they appear stupid hmm? to to that kind of like like worldly people just have no ear for you're not the body, hmm? you should be detached. They just have no ear for it. It just makes no sense to people. Hmm? Prahlad says you have to be a little bit, you know, materially, Rupa Goswami also, or a little bit materially exhausted to, to be, have a, be in a teachable moment where this can go in and make sense and settle there and create a revolution and change your life. And so they have no ear for that. Hmm? This is on the opposite end of the spectrum, of course. Hmm? Uh, this is true on the low end of the spectrum for a beginner or before beginning even, who needs some Sukriti. Uh, to, to grow and be able to then understand, appreciate the philosophy and the logic and so forth. It's on the other end, in, in the Prem Prayujan of Vrindavan, and they have completely gone beyond this knowledge and their, their love manifests in apparent ignorance. So, Uddhava, again, he, he's not a resident of Vrindavan. He didn't have that uh, feeling. Krishna couldn't give him the overt message, so to speak, of what he wanted to say. He had to couch it in such a way that Uddhava would feel, it makes sense, I'm delivering an important message here. Hmm. So this is one instance in which, as I say, in Mathura, in Vrindavan, we see the... The Krishna remains connected with the inhabitants and is concerned about them, and it's it's kind of bubbling on, underneath everything, and it's a cause of concern for the inhabitants of Dwarka. Hmm? It's a serious cause of concern for them. They know it too. The example is there of Krishna in, in sleep at night with his queens and dreaming and calling out the name of Radha, Lalita, Nanda, Subal, Sridham. They know. This is what you do in the day, what you think about in the day, is largely what you dream about at night. So they realize, he's with us all day, but he's really not there. He's thinking about them. He's going through the motions. 
in Dwarka, this is a, only part of himself is being expressed here. There's a greater balance of himself that's preoccupied with with Vrindavan. We're not getting his full attention. We're getting Dwarkadish Krishna. Dwarka is perfect. Mathura is more perfect. And Vrindavan is most perfect. Hmm. They're the full form of Krishna. And the full face, correspondingly, of love of Krishna. Hmm. So this Uddhava is one message sending, uh, uh, sending Uddhava, bearing the message, is one instance where it reaches the top and Krishna has to make a communication. Hmm? And, uh, and now here it's coming again. In this case, later on in Leela from Dwarka, the, the return of, 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 of Balaram. Balaram's different than Uddhava. As I said, he is a Brajbasi. He is a fit person. He speaks that kind of Brajbas, the language of Braj. He, he understands their hearts and so forth. So he has a much greater capacity to represent Krishna overtly and pacify the inhabitants. Indeed, he is Bhagwan. He is Krishna. To think that Krishna and Balaram are different, this is a great error, a great offense. They have a difference in terms of emotional sentiment, but in terms of tattva, being the Godhead, no. When the when the tenth canto of the Bhagavatam begins, and Prikshit Maharaj is asking Sukadev the questions that give rise to narrating the whole life of Krishna, he says that tell us tell us about the birth of Krishna and his Amsa means Balram. They go together, these two, Krishna and Balram. Two bodies, one, one, one soul, so to speak. Hmm? Um, and so, Balaram is 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 a, is a much much more qualified person to represent Krishna than Uddhava. Hmm? And here he wants to go back, although he's with Krishna, and the thought of being away from Krishna is like unthinkable for him, practically. Hmm? It is said that Balaram was a most beautiful child. Hmm? So beautiful that the fact that he was blind, dumb, lame, and deaf had no negative effect on his parents. Imagine if if Doug said, your son is blind, he's also deaf, dumb and lame. Hmm? It would be a cause for lamentation, but he was so beautiful and charming that, that hearing these things hmm, or it had no bearing on it. Hmm? And of course, he's born on the full moon, Balaram Chandra, and eight days, hmm, that moon starts to, to wane. Hmm? He's born full moon at the, with the knowing hmm, that I've come before to lay the ground, the foundation for Krishna's appearance. Hmm? 
I first entered the Dev- Devaki's womb to, to prepare it for Krishna's taking birth. And then, by Yoga Mai's arrangement, I was transferred from her womb to Rohini. Hmm? And it, it appeared as if Devaki had a miscarriage, but actually I had gone there first to prepare the ground for Krishna's appearance there, and now I've entered the womb of Rohini to take birth in Vrindavan to prepare the ground there from where he will be transferred and where he will uh, appear as the son of Nanda and Yashoda. Hmm? Give joy to the hearts of everyone in Vrindavan. Hmm? But waiting for his appearance, the full moon of Balaram Chandra is like diminishing with every day. Hmm? And a full week and a day, eight days into the wane of the waning moon, hmm? Krishna makes his appearance. Hmm? And when they sat Krishna next to Balaram, then he could see, he could hear, he could talk, he could walk, became animated. Hmm? Hmm? So the implication is this is the poetic explanation of Jiva Goswami in Gopal Champu for another reason I'm citing uh, it, uh, that Balaram is living only for Krishna hmm? if, he's, if, he's, if he's not with Krishna he's like his senses aren't functioning fully hmm? he has Leelas separate they're not the full face of Balaram hmm? but here he willing to leave the presence of Krishna to go to Vrindavan hmm? He petitions Krishna, why have you not gone? Why are you not returning? Hmm? What about the inhabitants? I mean, he knows how they feel, so he can really press on Krishna. Hmm? And, of course, Krishna says, suggests, get permission you know, from our elders, and we can go. And they won't give the permission. They think, okay, we've got to do something here. Boys want to go, so, you know, Balaram asked, We've got, we can't say no, we can't say yes. If we say yes, then what will become of us? Krishna goes to, to Vrindavan, he'll never return. Mm. So they say, Balaram can go, but Krishna has to stay. Let Balaram go. But Krishna should stay. Mm. So Balaram has permission from the elders, even though he's elder of Krishna, in, in, in a way, one of the gurus of Krishna, still he, he functions only for the pleasure of Krishna. So he has to ask Krishna, so permission. Hmm? And Utkanta, here the word is used, he has such eagerness for, to go to Vrindavan that this eagerness for Vrindavan overshadows his eagerness to be with Krishna in Dwarka, where he's personally present. Hmm? It means again what, as we began, that the presence of Krishna in Vrindavan is greater even in his apparent absence than it is in his apparent presence in Dwarka. Such is the nature of the love there, what that he corresponds with. Hmm? So it's with this brudge love and sensibility of Krishna corresponding with the love of the inhabitants of Vrindavan that Uddhava, that, that Balaram wants to go, is eager to go. Hmm? And Krishna gives his permission. Yes, go, deliver this message, tell them this. Hmm? and so forth. And before you get there, stop, change your clothes, 
give up your chatri address, dress yourself as a cowherd once again, enter in to Vrindavan. So off he goes on his chariot, eagerly and is greeted by the inhabitants of Vrindavan. And there he is to represent them. And he speaks to the elders, he speaks to his friends, the servants. And ultimately, of course, he, uh, he, he speaks with the gopis and delivers a secret private message uh, to them. Hmm? And here we see the representative nature of Balaram, representing Krishna, like the guru represents Krishna. It's said that his complexion is, is, is like a crystal, hmm? clear, white, like a crystal, contrasting with a dark complexion of Krishna. Hmm? Krishna is shrouded in secrecy hmm? and question. Seems like immoral and can he be God and all these things. He appears at night hmm? during a rain, there was a storm, hmm? in the prison, all these, put a, put a cloud over of mystery around it. Balaram is more out in the, out in the open. Hmm? And 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 sh- and showing showing the way, and he is uh, contrasted by bodily complexion, hmm? white or sometimes like a crystal. Crystal is it reflects light of that which you put next to it. So you put Krishna next to Balaram, then Balaram hmm? um, represents Krishna. We find this his color changes when he's talking with the gopis. There's a famous deity of Balaram in Gokul Mahavan, hmm? Dauji, in, in the Vrindavan circle, and he's dark in complexion. Hmm? And the idea is it represents this occasion, Balaram speaking to the gopis, hmm? and Krishna's gopis. He has his own gopis, that's another thing. But speaking to Krishna's gopis, Krishna told him, go back and speak to the gopis. And, and what about your gopis? You've left them there. You should marry them. Make that all right and so forth. There's one occasion in the Bhagavatam described during Holy, the spring festival, festival of colors, of Krishna and Balaram, meeting with gopis and the demon Sankachuda comes and so forth and and uh, and uh, so Balaram has his own group and then he is speaking in Bhagavatam to Krishna's gopis there he has he he so much represents them Sankarshan means like to bring together also he so much brings by his presence in a representational sense Krishna of Dwarka to Vrindavan, that the gopis feel more satisfied, more fulfilled in terms of their hopes and expectations of Krishna's promise coming true than they have at any point in the entire uh, duration of their separation during the Mathura and Dwarka Leelas. Hmm? Balaram's able to give them. Uh, Kind of hope that 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 that, that an assurance that, that that no one could thus far, and it's only shortly thereafter, of course, that Krishna does return to Vrindavan. Hmm? Nanda Mars asks, "How many more demons are there?" Hmm? 
in Balaram accounts. There's only a few. This one, this one, four, four or five left. And he'll be here in a few days, something like that. Point is something like this: as much as Balaram is representative of the entirety of the Guru Tattva, a god brother of mine, Vishnu John Marsh, used to say, "The distance we have traveled thus far." before meeting our guru is far greater than the distance we have to traverse from this point until reaching our perfection, having met our guru from that point. That's a short distance. So when Balaram returns to Vrindavan, Krishna's right behind him. He's able to pacify them and more so than anyone. And, and having reunited with Balaram and his message, they have some assurance meeting with Krishna will be very quick, quickly come now. Hmm? He'll kill a couple other people and he'll come, have to come to Mathura to kill that, uh, what, Salva? Is it Salva? Salva and somebody else. Starts with a D. Can't remember his name. Hmm. And then, having to come to Vrindavan, Mathura, then he crosses over the river, Jamuna, to Vrindavan, and returns. And so the end, the Vrindavan Leela winds up, and he takes them back to Goloka, and so forth. So, anyway, the point is that Balaram is so much dedicated to Krishna, so much focused on the desires of Krishna, fulfilling them, facilitating them, and so forth, hmm. that, 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 they could feel Krishna's presence there like never before in his absence. This is the window of Balaram that our Sampradaya has focused on. Yes, he was told by Krishna and um, others once he returned to Vrindavan that Nanda Maharaj, you should, you should marry these girls. That's his own gopis. He marries them. That's another side of Balaram. But this is this is not the full face of Balaram. The full face of Balaram is not his, his relationship with his, his gopi sector. These are all members of the Aprakat Leela. They aren't sadhana siddhas. They're not, they're not, not some sadhana they've practiced to become wives of, of Balaram. And, being, and, being, and in being wives of Balaram, obviously there's no parakya. So... Sometimes this is mentioned hmm, to make the point only that, that Balaram is also the Supreme Personality of God. A point that has to be made, just like Mahaprabhu went out of his way to make the point hmm, that Nityananda Prabhu is, is my other self. If you don't respect him, you don't respect me. Krishna Skavaraj made the point. Respecting Mahaprabhu and not Balaram is like keeping a, a hen, a chicken, and thinking... There's two holes, one from which eggs come and I make money, one from which food has to go in and I cost me money. Let me cut off the head, then I won't have to pay any money, and I'll just have the hole that makes money. Hmm? Not good logic. He uses this to say, rejecting Nityananda Prabhu in the name of worshipping Mahaprabhu is like half a hen, half chicken logic. Hmm? If you have half chicken, you have no, no chicken, and no eggs. Hmm? So, repeatedly, Mahaprabhu and, and Nityananda Prabhu was unorthodox in his behavior and so forth. 
And we find in the Puranas also a number of places where, where Krishna is pointing out the position of Balaram. There are some sampradayas that think that Balaram is Jiva hmm? from their reading and so forth. So this is emphasized by the Goswamis. No, he's the Amsa. He's the person. He's the original hmm, expansion of, of a different disposition. There are other expansions amongst the gopis, for example, during the Rasalila of Krishna himself in the same form, but of a, of a different color and slightly different disposition, well, rather different disposition and emotional sensibilities. Hmm? And primarily those emotional sensibilities are I am the friend of Krishna. Also mixed with, I am the, I am the, the well-wisher of Krishna, Vatsam Vatsalya, and I am the, also the servant of Krishna. So the whole range of Dasya, Sakya, and Vatsalya presided over by Balaram hmm? and Nityananda Prabhu. Hmm? Presided over, presiding over Samandarupa Bhakti. Hmm? But, yeah, but, but because the Sakya is prominent, we define him as being in Sakya Rasa. Indeed, he's a leader of the Sakya Rasa. Hmm? He presides over, over Hasya Rasa. He's presiding deity of Hasya Rasa means um, laughter, comedy, joking, which is so prominent amongst the young coward boys uh, in their playfulness and so forth. Hmm. But he's the leader of the whole group. There's a smaller group, as we know, of the Priyanarmas that at, that at mid, midday, about just after a little lunch picnic, hmm, find reason to go with Krishna secretly on the pretext of something else to meet with, with the gopis. And all the cowards, otherwise, they stay with Balaram. Hmm? When in the center of the Bhagavatam, that is the Sakyaras center, as I say, there's three centers of the Bhagavatam. There's the Vatsalya center, the Damodar Lila, covering several chapters. There's the, there's the Rasa Lila, five chapters. This is the Madhurya Rasa center, center of the center. Then there's the Sakyaras center, the chapters, three chapters dealing with the Agasur Lila and the Denikasur Lila. Chapters 12, 13, 14, and 15 of the 10th canto. Hmm? Begins the Sakyaras. This is, this is the three identities of Krishna. The son of Nanda and Yashoda. This is one identity. Hmm? He's a lover of Radha and the gopis. That's his other identity. And the third one is, he's a coward boy. Hmm? So this coward boy sensibility, his dharma and his friends. These leelas, beginning with the Agasur leela, there his, he begins to herd calves. Hmm? This leela takes us through the whole calf herding. Hmm? And the typical day in the life of a cow herd. And then we enter the 15th chapter and it takes us into the Kumar leela, excuse me, the, the Poganda leela, the, the boyhood leelas, and into the Kishore leela. Hmm. When he becomes a, a in the Poganda age, now he graduates from being a calf herder to being a full-fledged cow herder. Hmm. And when this chapter begins, what happens? What is the beginning of the fifteenth chapter of the tenth canto? 
Krishna begins to glorify Balaram. Hmm? This is the Sakiras center, and this is the center of the, of the Sakiras center. Hmm? Now they've entered into the Pogonda age, which is full freedom to go all day and herd full cows throughout the various forests. Kotabani chutta chutte bani kai lutuputi, Prabhupada said. Seedin kobe hobe more. When or when, my friend, will that day come? When throughout the whole of the day, hmm, I'll be pasturing cows through the various forests of Vrindavan with you. And through the different forests, falling on the ground and somersaulting and engaging in different sportive play and so forth. When or when, he says, when, oh, when will that day be mine? And I can enter into that, such, such a leela. Hmm? These leelas are described in these chapters of the Bhagavad these, this, this, these are the chapters that Bhagavad Prabhupada left the world in, hmm? in the middle of translating them. Hmm? End of the 13th chapter, uh, I think it was. Uh, so he, 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 he left the world absorbed in this... Uh, this center, particular center, Sakura's center of, of Bhagavatam. But as I say, as the 15th chapter opens, this is the center of the Sakura's center. Now it's there in the Pogonda age. The focus is Balaram. Hmm? And Krishna begins to glorify him with some kind of joking spirit. He says some things about himself. Hmm? Um, uh, by way of glorifying Balaram. Hmm? But uh, also he says things about Balaram that are accurate, and he makes a big case for the glory of Balaram. He's talking to all the boys hmm? as they're entering the forest, glorifying the Vrindavan forest, and how it's coming to serve all of the, the senses of Balaram, hmm? the, 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 the cool uh, breezes coming off the lakes, hmm? pleasing his sense of touch, the beauty of the, of the lotus, pleasing his eyes, hmm? sense of sight, as well as a sense of s- smell. Hmm? Um, the cooling waters, hmm? his sense of taste, taste, touch, and so forth. Beautiful glorification of the forest. How, see how the forest is rising to, to meet you and to touch all of your senses and please all of them. The trees are bending, offering their fruits, and so forth. There's a beautiful description of Vrindavan, how all of Vrindavan is glorifying Balaram. Hmm? He puts all this emphasis on Balaram, and at the end of this description, hmm, he says, he's hidden in the language there, uh, as the Goswamis have brought out, he speaks about having to depart and go with a couple of boys on another secret mission, hmm? giving some external reasons for the mission, the internal reason, of course, being meeting with the gopis and involving himself directly in romantic affairs that only some of the boys participate in, the Priyanarmasakas. So you see what happened. He makes this big glorification of Balaram, hmm? Because the balance of the boys are all going to stay with him. (laughs) 
So he makes a case. How great is Balaram? And a couple of you, unfortunately, have to come with me, and we have to depart from these fantastic pastimes. Hmm? Of uh, uh, Balaram is particularly expert at playing ball. Hmm? That's one of his expertise. So they, have, they they invent games as they go. You know, they just invent, create games. So a game is invented. We, here, take the ball. And someone has to run with the ball and throw it at somebody. If you get hit with the ball, then then you get imprisoned by Balaram. Hmm? So they go and everybody's hiding behind trees. Somebody come throw. I hit him with the ball. Yeah, Balaram has captured him, and then they make sides like this. And hmm? <laughs> uh, so fantastic sports, making them up every day, new pastimes. Hmm? Completely the full face of Leela. Hmm? Maybe that was the point I was making that I wanted to remember. Hmm? The, f- the full face of Leela is really the Vrindavan Leela. Hmm? It comes out in the descriptions of, 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 of Gopal Champa in particular. Hmm? Leela's, yes, the mature Leela, the Dwarka Leela is there, but in Vrindavan, it's the full expression of it, only playing. There's no other um, concern there. Hmm? Um, and here we, we, we find it in, in, in Sakyarasa. This sport is so absorbing. Hmm? They are so lost in these pastimes. Hmm? So, but, but Krishna, nonetheless, that gopi's love is pulling on him too. Hmm? Uh, he has this other identity hmm? as, as a lover of the gopis. So he has to find an excuse as if the, the, some unfortunate boys have to come with me hmm, to attend to something else. And you all go on with this. So all the Suhrit Sakas, the Sakas, the Priya Sakas, they all stay with Balaram. So this is how he introduces the, uh, the center, so to speak, of the center of Sakyarasa in Bhagavatam. Krishna speaking and glorifying Balaram. He is the, the, the leader of Sakyarasa. And then those boys will go to Radhakund with Krishna and, and assist him in his pastimes with the gopis. And then they'll all meet up again with the rest of the coward boys and return to Vrindavan. This is the typical you know, daytime leelas of Krishna and, and, and Balaram. And these are the kind of leelas that Balaram is thinking about in Dwarka. He's thinking about all of the inhabitants of Vrindavan, and particularly his friends, and that, how this, wearing a suit and a tie is really uncomfortable. Hmm? Living in the city, being a, being a prince, this is just a little stuffy hmm? by comparison. So with great eagerness, as he, he, he wants to return to Vrindavan. He gets the blessing of Krishna, he goes, and, and in a representational sense, like no one else could, hmm, he makes Krishna present in Vrindavan once again. And shortly thereafter, as I say, he kills a few demons, Krishna, and actually returns, and the Leela is, is wound up. Hmm. So here is a few words about the extraordinary position of Sri Balaram Chandra, who is the full moon of whose appearance today is today, so we'll continue now. What is the time? Uh, almost time. It's time to begin preparing a huge feast 
for here for Krishna and Balaram, who we heard in the morning, you know, the day before. Krishna Das beautifully explained. Previously, these two appeared in Vrindavan as Krishna and Balaram. Hmm? Here they're appearing, and they're non-different except for the fact that they're endowed with a particular measure, extended measure of magnanimity. Hmm? And as a result of that, their appearance and their some that all these things can be talked about, discussed, and shared. These are insights of the Vrindavan Goswamis. Sri Vrindavan Dham ki jai. Guru Vaishnav Guru Parampara ki jai. Sri Sri Gornatananda ki jai. Dauji Gopal ki jai. Gorada Madhava ki jai. Sri Bali Puni Mahamotsavatiti ki jai. Gor Bhaktabinda ki jai. Gor Premanandi. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, then we wanted to continue. I was come and share the main mantra. We have Nam, of course. This is the main method of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. It's in Kirtan. And we also have Krishna Mantra, which is opposed to the Nam. As Mahaprabhu was asked us to chant, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. This is, uh, I saw someone was saying, it's better to chant Radhe Krishna, Radhe Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Radhe Radhe, rather than Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. This is a great misunderstanding of the Maha Mantra. Hmm? It's, the idea was something like, this is more direct. Hare indirectly means Radha, but it could mean Hari also in the vocative case. And so better to say Radha's name directly than hmm? the, the, the chanted in the Maha Mantra. This, of course, is a, not a good idea, not good spiritual reasoning. It contradicts what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself mandated that his disciples all chant the Maha Mantra. And also... It's a complete misunderstanding of the whole Vrindavan Leela. Krishna says in Bhagavatam that Parokshavad, that is very dear to me, this indirect language. Hmm? The Vrindavan language is poetic and layered with meaning and indirect and that makes it more charming, more beautiful. So the way in which Radha, for example, is, is covertly present in the Mahamantra hmm, is makes the Vrindavan experience that she is non-different from. Jai Radhe. Hmm? More experienceable. Experience, more, others more able to experience. Experienceable. <laughs> by, by, the, by, the, by the chanter. That's why Mahaprabhu gave. Mahaprabhu was not hiding anything. Hmm? But Vrindavan, love of Vrindavan, this is a secret affair. That Sakiras, those pastimes of sporting, that's a very secret affair. What hmm? speak then of his pastime with, with the gopis. Hmm? The whole of Vrindavan, it's like I say, off the scriptural map. Hmm? It's known, Brahma says, what? Jya kanta kanta parama purusha kalpataro duma bumis chintamani ganami toya mamrita. Kataganam natyam gamanam apibamsi priyasaki chidanandam. 
Time's running out, but uh, he says, uh, known only by very few people. Ham sweta dvipam tamam golokam itiyam. That place, Goloka, sweta dvip, known by a very few rare people. Sweta dvip is the indirect reference to Nadia, Nadia, the way by which we will know about Goloka. Hmm? So we have the Maha Mantra. This is the Nam Mantra. It's in the vocative case. It can be chanted anywhere, anytime, any place. Even when sleeping, if you chant, you'll benefit by it. Hmm? But don't sleep while chanting. You can chant while sleeping, but don't chant while sleeping. No. Chant. <laughs> don't sleep while chanting. You can chant while sleeping, but you can't sleep while chanting. This is the idea. You have to be attentive. <laughs> and if you're attentive, then you will sleep. Then you will chant when you sleep. Also, excuse me, then you'll chant in your sleep. Hmm? So, but then we have also the Krishna Mantra in the dative case, hmm? uh, also known as the Gopal Mantra, revealed in Gopal Tapani, the book that sheds light on Gopal, is a knowledge of Gopal Krishna. Hmm? And so this is the main mantra of our Sampradaya. And this is for helping to awaken our Swarup, our prospect of serving Krishna, in a particular sentiment, which will correspond with how we've received the mantra from Guru and uh, Sadhusanga from this life and previous lives from the people. Hmm. So this mantra is chanted three times a day. Hmm. Three settings, I should say. Ten times during each setting. Hmm. And we, this is the way we do it in our sampradaya. Other Gaudiya sampradayas, we all, they all chant this. Some will chant it 108 times on beads and, and so forth. So we, following Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, we chant three times a day, morning, noon, and night, the three sandhyam. The sandhyams mean the crossings between morning and day, from, noon to, from morning to afternoon, and from afternoon to evening. Hmm? So sunrise, sunset, and full um, noon. Mm-hmm. And we sit, we chant. There are other accompanying mantras, and I'll give you those privately. And we chant them each ten times. We do it like this by counting. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I bet you can't do that. Try it. One. You were close. You missed by one. <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. One down, across, up, up, across. Yeah, so that's how you count it. Unconsciously, you chant a mantra, then move your finger to the next, and so forth. Like this. And go to the next mantra. I'll give you seven mantras, as we received in our Guru Parampara. And, uh, but the main one is the Gopal Mantra. It has a corresponding Gayatri. You'll give the, you'll, 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 I'll give you the Gayatri Mantra, and I'll give you the Guru Mantra and the Guru Gayatri, the Gaur Mantra and the Gaur Gayatri, the Krishna Mantra, this one I'll give you now, also known as the Gopal Mantra, and the Krishna Mantra, Krishna Gayatri, excuse me, which is also known as Kam Gayatri. It's explained in Chaitanya Charitamrita, hmm? and the Tantra, and so forth. So, 
So we are happy to extend this to you, and I need your your right ear. Okay. You can look on here. Also, this is right. Here. Okay. Sachi Krishna Balaram ki jai. Gauri Vaishnav Guru Parampara ki jai. Gaur Bhakta Binda ki jai. Sri Baldev Purni Mahamad Vititi ki jai. Gaur Premanandi.